Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Russians aren't like that either if you're going to talk about Russians. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. Every film, the bad people are always the Russians and the Germans. You always got some dude with a fake Russian accent, and he's always evil. But no, it's okay. What's, what's Elevate in Russian? Let's find that out. Someone find that out. Elevate in Russian. We're going to give Russia some love. Oh, babe, babe, you speak Russian. Do you know Elevate in Russian? Can you find that out? Da? Da? Yeah. Da means yes in Russian. That's right. I know three languages. Semi. All right, let's, can we get the sermon slide up there, please? Good Oscar, man. Thank you, good Oscar, man. Give thanks. Everybody say, give thanks. Everybody say, God gives. Thanksgiving is upon us, guys. How many look forward to eating? How many of you look forward to eating with your family? How many of you look forward to uh, the day after Thanksgiving where you just, you're like, you know, you're like wasted from the food, you know? This, this is a, this is a insider about me, but basically every Thanksgiving, something's going on with me and I can't really eat. Four years ago, I got my wisdom tooth removed and I couldn't eat. So, you know, I was just looking at the food, man, like, and then I would eat and then I would just start bleeding. I'm like, is it worth it, you know? And I'm like, I think it might be. But then I was like, nah, it's going to be nasty. I'm going to have blood dripping while I'm eating. Don't want to freak everyone out. Next year, I get sick. Um, I ate some lechon. I'm not good with lechon. I'm poor, and and it's, it hurts because it's so sad. And I, I, it wasn't always like this. I, I kid you not. It was always like this. I used to feast on lechon, and I used to just dig in. But then one day, it dug into me. Like my stomach. It didn't actually like dig into me, right? But it, it like hurt my stomach and it was messed up. Next year, I get sick. It was my first Thanksgiving with Karina. We were dating and um, yeah, I just got sick. Next year after that, you know, I got so sick that um, Karina's mom, my mother-in-law, she made this water and she put a bunch of, what is it, salt? Babe, was it salt in the water or lime? What was it, lime? I don't know. It was like this. This like, you know, you know, your mom just got this secret technique, and that's what I got because I was in Thanksgiving again, and I'm looking at the food, and I'm like about to puke the whole time. Something's going on. You remember that Thanksgiving, babe? It was at, see, I'm not, so I'm not lying. This year, pray for me. I'm going to slam, yo. God, by God's grace, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat, right? I'm going to eat, right? Pray for me, but. Thanksgiving, it's not just about the food, even though I just went into a whole thing about food. I'm really thankful for food, all right? Really thankful. That's one thing I'm going to be thanking God for. And I thank God, like literally one part of our prayers every time we eat is that my wife would continue to love cooking. Because if she continues to love cooking, then I continue to enjoy eating. Amen? Amen. And I do try to cook, but my wife prefers I don't. So if you think that, you know, I'm like just super old-fashioned, I am. There, there, there are gender roles in this household, right? But I do try to help, and then I do try to cook sometimes, but then I end up messing up, and my wife is not thankful for that. So I want to keep my wife thankful. Amen? Amen. Keep my wife thankful. So we give thanks to God. Thanksgiving is upon us, and just let you know, Thanksgiving, before it was a holiday, right? Uh, you know, you got the pilgrims, right? Everybody know about the pilgrims, right? They came, had Thanksgiving. I know there's a bunch of, like, crazy stuff that happened with the pilgrims. We won't get into that. We won't get into that, all right? But here's the whole thing is that there's an idea of this holiday that is biblical. Everybody say biblical. Abraham Lincoln 
was, from what I know, unless someone just comes out of nowhere with another history book, he was kind. He was mostly Christian, right? I mean, I, anybody ever read it? Any Abraham Lincoln experts in here? Am I fact-checking me? He was kind of Christian, kind of, right? I mean, I wouldn't, I'd probably preach the gospel to him if he was in this place, but I guarantee you, right, he was thinking biblically. When he was talking about freeing the slaves, even though, even though, right, there was, there was another aspect to that, but he was the president to really free the slaves, you know? The Emancipation Proclamation, okay? Y'all should know about that if you're in grammar school and high school. I don't know, not you guys are too busy learning about the, the revolt at that gay bar in the, in the 70s. Y'all too busy learning about that. You don't learn about what happened to slaves, all right? So here's the thing. The Emancipation Proclamation, that right there was done because someone was thinking biblically. Not biblically like the heretics who thought it was okay to slave black people according to their sin, but biblical in the fact that every man has rights. Every man has rights. So he was, they, he was thinking truly biblically. Uh, he was doing, and, and then this same guy who was thinking biblically, he thought, let's make this holiday Thanksgiving, because it was probably, it was, I think it was most likely a holiday that was going around, but it wasn't national. So let's make this a national holiday. Biblically, Thanksgiving is important. Being thankful is important. Every time someone comes up to accept an award, Right? Everyone expect, expects them to give thanks, unless you're Snoop Dogg, right? Can we get uh, Snoop Dogg's gospel album? Yeah, but not, we're not going to play it, though. I just want that, co- when he says, I'm thankful for me, where he says that, that's the album cover, I'm thankful for me. I believe that's it. Look that up. Unless you're Snoop Dogg, you're going you're to be like, usually, like, yo, I'm thankful for my producers, I'm thankful for my ghostwriter, I'm thankful for... You know, I'm thankful for everyone that helped me. I'm thankful for my mom and my dad, right? You're going to be thankful. Usually when they are thankful, we're kind of like, man, these people are prideful, right? So it, it's, it's, it's kind of like a thing that is important to people. Now, giving things is not really a requirement when it comes to Christianity, but instead it's a response. So everybody say response. You see, when someone does something nice for you, like, really nice. Like, they go out of their way. Usually, in your mind, you're like, dang, thank you, you know, unless you're entitled. Now, even when you're entitled, sometimes you do say thank you. I got, listen, I, I, I've taught now for about two years, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth graders in that area, right? And, like, I remember I'd be, it was a program called By the Hand, and the kids, they were so entitled. Like, you know, you'd give them food, and then they'd be like, Man, I don't like this food. Give me another food. And I'm like, dude, it's free. It's like, I don't care if it's free. It's trash. And I'm like, all right. You give them, you know, a game. And they're like, I don't like this game. Give me another game, right? And I'm like, what, what is going on? And it's like, dude, you're not even thankful at all, right? Uh, my wife, she babysits. Uh, she's, a, she's a nanny. And uh, there's this kid that he, he, uh, she babysits, and he's about four years old. And it's like, if he doesn't get his chips, even if it's at 9 p.m., you know, he's not thankful. Is that it? I want to thank me, Snoop Dogg. Come on. Come on. You can't get more, more unthankful than that. Like, you're thanking yourself. And that's a contradiction. We're going to get into that. But I want to thank me. That's funny. That's, that's also because he's a dog, and that's a famous dog. You get that? That's actually pretty creative. You get that because the dog's playing cards? Yeah, but either way, moving on from that, right? So, you know, 
little kids, you really have to teach them to be thankful. Unless you get kids that think everything needs to be handed to them at that moment. If you don't teach little kids that this world doesn't belong to you, and you aren't entitled to anything, and you don't deserve nada, right? Listen, we get into healthcare, right? That's a whole nother thing. Technically, healthcare isn't a right. Why? Because healthcare didn't exist before government. When government was implemented, healthcare was not there. You only had a government. Healthcare has to do with people that work and do things and learn things. So they have a skill. And with this skill, they now give it to other people and use it to make money. So with skills, you cannot make someone who does something for a living now become free. And then have someone, see, that's called entitlement. Now, I'm not going to lie, I like healthcare, I appreciate it, right? But if you told me, if you stuck a gun to my head and said, is it a right? I would have to say no. It's something I am thankful for. So you guys get that. Being thankful for something is when someone goes out of the way or does something for you and when you don't deserve. So you are thankful for it because it's a response, not a requirement. Now, when you're little, it is kind of a requirement. You know, your parents tell you, make sure you say thank you. But you have to understand how ingrained thankfulness is to you, and you have to understand it's a part of Christianity. We are thankful because God gives. Everybody say, God gives. God gives. So the athlete, right, that has literally every physical advantage possible, I'm talking about LeBron James, right? People, when they talk about him, they talk about God-given talent. Why? Because he didn't work to be six foot eight and have a 48-inch vertical. He didn't have that. Well, he didn't work for that. That was something he was given. He didn't work for it. He was given. Now, what he was given and thankful for, he worked at. That's a whole different thing. But he was given that. So that's why if you ever have him on Instagram or anything, he says, I'm thankful for what I have. Even if he isn't a Christian, right? There's this understanding even among people who don't believe in God or know God that they're thankful. People say, I'm thankful to the universe. Even though the universe, if we want to be technical, is is a murderer, you know, if we're, if we're putting it in an entity because it's killing literally billions and billions of stars and planets, right? I mean, AJ will tell you about that, right? About the death that happens, the planets everywhere and stuff. He'll teach you a lesson. But understand this is that there is an object of our thanks, and we'll get into that this month. But we know this object. This is God. And we thank God because of who he is, but we also thank God because he gives us he gives us. He gives. We thank God because he gives. See, God is not this God who just sits there and expects you to worship him just because of who he is, even though that's true. You should worship him because of who he is. But we worship God, and we thank God because he has given us something. He has given us something. We'll talk about that. We, we, talk, we, we think of God. He gives us. He doesn't give us bad things. Let's start, let's start off with that. He doesn't give us bad. He doesn't give us sin. He doesn't give us temptation. He doesn't give destruction, and we'll give into that. We'll get into that. But it's that he gives good gifts. Everybody say good gifts. Also, he gives us new life. Everybody say new life. And that's where we're going to keep it simple with today. We're going to talk about how God doesn't give us evil or sin or temptation. We're, not going, to, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how God gives us good. 
good things, good gifts. And we're talking about how he's given us new life. We can go to James chapter 1, verses uh, 12 through 19. James is a really good book. James is uh, just an interesting thing. Just to let you guys know. The, James is the half-brother of Jesus. So, yeah, that's right. Mary, Mary, she didn't just, you know, have Jesus and that's it, you know. But she decided to get in on with Joseph because Mary was married. Amen? And since Mary was married, she was being married. Amen? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Mary got it on, and Jesus had brothers. James is one of those brothers. He's a half-brother, right? Because Mary, mother of Christ. James, son of Mary. So... James is talking here. He's the leader of the, uh, the church in Jerusalem, and he's encouraging these people because they are not understanding faith. They're not understanding God and how he gives. They're still trying to understand the law and how to live for Jesus despite the law and stuff like that. So James now goes on. If we go to verse 12, please, verse 12. James, he's telling us about uh, temptation and God giving. So there's this correlation between giving and temptation here. So right here it says, we'll go to, we'll go to verse 13 actually. No, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself tempts no one. So let's read that again. Let no one say when he is tempted, God is tempting me or I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is lured, lured and enticed by his own desires. Then when desire conceives, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Do not be led astray, my dear brothers and sisters. All generous giving and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, or lights, with whom there is no variation or the slightest hint of change. I'm sorry, I'm reading from the NET. That's why it's a little different. Now, by his sovereign plan, he gave us birth through the message of the truth that he would be a kind of first fruits he created, of all he created. So, understanding this, uh, the reason I'm reading from the NET is because... I want to look at uh, a certain verse. I think it's verse, verse 17, where we understand just how God gives and what he gives. But we can go to the NET, please. So 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Say tempted. Say tempted. Say tempted. There's a song by Common. No, that's called Testify. There's a song. Hey, it's about being tempted. I forgot what it's called. Hey, I don't know. But either way, I don't need to tell you guys this song. What I do need to tell you, though, is that temptation, everybody knows what temptation is, right? It is when you are, let's say, there is something that you want that you shouldn't have, but you really want to get it, right? And it's like when you tell someone, right? It's like uh, you ever seen in those movies where the little kid is told, don't touch that, right? Don't touch that. And let's say it's like a like, let's say a, like a statue or like a, one of those portraits. And then the parent leaves, and the kid's looking, and then they're like, "Man, I really want to touch that." So they grab it and they break it, 
And then the, the parents like, why did you do that? And then the kids like, well, because I just, I just wanted to, right? They, don't even, they can't even explain it because they were tempted. So temptation is something that comes. If you're in 101, you should know that temptation is what? From two places. My 101ers. It is two types of temptations, right? Two places it comes from, right? Two types. What are the two types? 101ers here. Oh, it's not looking good. I'm looking at you, Abby. I'm looking at you, AJ. You got Lawrence right next to you. Oli. Josie. Two types of temptation. $5 right now. Huh? Flesh and the spirit? No. Hey, go ahead. What, Josie? That's right. Internal and outside. External. Uh, I gotta qu- I'll quick pay you. Amen. You got a quick pay, right? <laughs> she got her own quick pay, man. Money. All right. So thank you. I had to bring money into it, right? All right? But external and internal, all right? That is temptation. So temptation can be internal or external. Now, it says that God, understand this, that this is building up the point that God is not giving you sin. He's not giving you temptation. A lot of times people will sin and they'll blame God. When everything was happening with the rioters, it's good to understand why they're rioting. It's good to understand. There are a lot of issues that are going on. Not all of them. Not all of them. Maybe not even the rioters. Protesters. It's good to understand why the people were protesting and why it became riots. It's because people got mad because of racism and there's a lot of things that go into that. Yeah, you can understand that. However, as a Christian, you cannot say now, it's okay for them to do that because God never gives you the exception to sin. Never in the Bible where God, never in the Bible does God give you the permission to sin. Like RJ, he's, you're never going to be able to be like, man, I really like that car. Man, God, I really want it. God, can I have it? God, you cool if I just take it right now? He's never going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like some people say, I prayed for a bike. God didn't give it me, so I just took it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like, That doesn't work. That's not how it works. You see, God does not give sin. No one can say God tempted me because sin is never God's fault. A lot of Christians will even say that God, sin is God's fault, that God created sin. However, that's nowhere in the Bible. You see, or part of God's design, it's not, it was not part of his initial will that, you know, you knocked up this girl and now all of a sudden your life is really hard and you had to drop out of high school and now... All of a sudden, you're homeless because you couldn't afford it, and now your family's homeless. That was never part of God's initial will. You see, a lot of times, we mess up, and we like to blame God. We like to say, he tempted me. The reason why I got addicted to drugs is because I got depressed, and God put these people in my life. God put these people in my life, and they did that. Well, what about those people? They got to be held accountable, too. God didn't make them sin. Sure, you didn't make them sin, but God did not make them sin. They sinned themselves. God is not tempting anyone. Why can we say God is not tempted anyone? Because God cannot be tempted by evil. Because to be tempted is to say that you lack something that you want. And God lacks nothing. So he can never be tempted. If God is without need or want, he cannot be tempted with anything. But as people, we do God not needs. How many of you needy up in here? Oh, I want to raise your hand. Some of y'all needy, right? How many of y'all got plenty of wants? When y'all get home, you want some food, right? 
Come on, that's me. When I get home, I really want some food, right? When you get in that, when you're getting a D and you really want to see, you want that grave curve. You want that curve, right? Amen. You want that curve. Come on, let's talk about. It. I remember my friend. He had a. He had a. Back in the day, we didn't have. It wasn't a hundred to ninety as an A. It was really ridiculous. It was like a hundred to ninety-three was an A. Ninety-three was an A. You don't remember that? Well, you went to charter school, so. So 193 was an A. 93 to 88 was a B. 88 to uh, 82 was a uh, was a, that was that was a C. No, no, no. 82 under was a C. And then after you got to like 70, that was now a D. Anything under 70 was a D. Once you got to 66, that was an F. So anything under F uh, 66 was an F. So my friend had my friend had a, a, a 65 point like five. Or a 64. No, 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 I actually had a 60 or a 62. Really low C. A really low uh, F. And then he went to my, my teacher and he was like, man, please, I really, I really want to graduate. And, and then she was like, I really don't want to see you next year. We're eighth grade. So I'm going to curve this grade. So curve this grade so he wouldn't go to. <laughs> so, he, so basically curved him, got him, basically graduated that man, right? But how many of y'all wish you could do that? You were like, man, teacher, I really want this A. Please curve it. We all got a lot of wants in this place. We all got a lot of needs at times. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. How many of you all read that? I got a cool shirt by New Man. It says, I like nothing on it. Psalm 23 on the back. The reason why that shirt's important is because it's from the Bible, right? And that's New Man, New Man, the New Man man right there. But... I lack nothing. Why can we say, if the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing? It's because he lacks nothing. So the reason why God can't be tempted is because he has nothing that he needs. He's without need. He's sufficient all in himself. So we can't say God can be tempted. So if God cannot be tempted, he's not going to tempt us. Understand that. And he doesn't tempt us with evil. Why would God now say, hey, man, listen, Daniel, you really want them AirPods, the new one, or you really want that PS5? Okay, or the Xbox Series X, I don't know, whatever, Xbox Series X, what are you, Daniel, Microsoft? All right, no exclusives for you, but you want that Xbox Series X. Here, all you need to do, all you need to do is during the riots, everyone's going to be busting windows. It's a perfect opportunity. You just hop right into GameStop, take that PS5, you good. You got it. You don't need to worry about it, right? Do you think God would literally tell us that? Do you think God would literally present something that you want and say, take it, even though it's not yours? He wouldn't. But people would like to say that. When people get a, uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, they like to say, God put them in my life, but they're in sin the whole time. God did not put that woman in your life. God did not put that man in your life for you to be in sin. God would not do that to you. You understand that? So if you're in a relationship that is in sin, it, it's not from God. It's not from God. Matter of fact, this is what it is. It's your own desires. It's your own desires. If, uh, if we could go to, uh, yep, okay. Yeah, all right, sorry. It's, it's harder for me to read from there. I'm going to read from here. Need my glasses. I do. So these are actually, each one is tempted. It says each one. Everybody say each one. That's us. Each one of us is tempted when we are lured and enticed by his own desires. So understand this, that God is not luring us. He's not enticing us because we, he is all we need. He is all we need. So if we stay with him, we have all we need. 
If we stay under the Lord, right, in his presence, in Christ, we are all we need. But what happens when we go outside Christ? What happens now when, when Victor, when he sees some shoes he likes, and he sees them in this locker, how many of y'all got your shoes, your shoes ever stolen? Anybody ever got their shoes stolen? I got my, anybody ever got that $100 calculator? They stole that from me, bro. They stole that from me. Dude. So, so Victor, man, he sees that $100 calculator and some shoes in a backpack. He's, he, you know, he could trust God. He could stay in Christ. Or he could be like, nah, that looks real good. And the devil's like, come on, let's go. To lure someone, that's a fishing reference. So it's almost like God is fishing. I mean, the devil's fishing you in. He's luring you in. He's enticing you with your desires. So your desires are like, come on, you know you want it. You know you need that calculator. You know you just put the numbers in. That's it. That's an A right there. Come on. You know you want them new shoes. Those are raw. And then they entice you. They entice, it lures you. It lures you. It lures you until your desire has you. And when your desire has you, your desire gives birth to sinful actions. So sinful actions build up. Now when your sinful action builds up, your sin is now growing. Your sin now grows. And when it grows, it gives birth to death. See the process there. If we can put that uh, slide up, please. Your desires, they give birth to sin. So think about, can I have Jackie, if you can stand up really quick? Jackie's pregnant by Lawrence. Okay, so, yeah, everybody should know that, but I just want to make that clear. Yes, she's going to give birth to a human child, amen, and this will be Lawrence's human child. Now, now, when Victor, when Victor, when Victor, come on guys, focus, when Victor is here and he sees the Jordans, and he sees the calculator, what is he going to do? If he stays there, his desire is going to be strong. And when his desire is strong, sin, he, basically desire is going to give birth to sin. So sin comes from your desire. Now, when sin is fully grown, okay, when sin is in your life, and it's fully in your life, it's consumed your life, when sin is ruling your life now, Sin gives birth to death. And this isn't just talking about a physical death. This is talking about a spiritual death, which is why some of you are so spiritually dead in this room. You wouldn't know God is in this place if he slapped you in the face and said, wake up. That is how dead you are because of your sin. So sin is the reason why you don't care about God. It's all sin. It's all sin. You and your sin have given birth to death. That is why, not because of God... Not because your life sucks, it's all you. It's your fault. You're the reason you are in sin. Understand that. In this world, we like to take away accountability. But the Bible is all about accountability. Every man, poor, rich, every woman, poor, rich, from every race, black, white, Latino, it doesn't matter, you're all gonna be held accountable. Doesn't matter if you had a crappy dad or a good dad. Doesn't matter if your mama left or your mama's here. It doesn't matter. You're going to be held accountable because you had a choice. And what your choice was, if it was led by your desire, was the sin. And what your sin did was give birth to death. You're going to be held accountable. But even in this life, you're held accountable 
There's a thing called circumstances and consequences. It's the way of life that God set it up. That if you follow him, right, you are walking in his path. If you walk in his path, stupid things won't happen to you as much. But when you are led away, stupid things happen to you. But we like to blame God. And, and I have a meme for you. Can you put on that meme? It's my first meme in a long time. But this is you, and this is also you. You just shot yourself, and then you say, why did God do this to me? It's not as funny, but it illustrates the point. Me, also me. God did this. Why did God do this to me? That's how a lot of y'all be. A lot of y'all be. Y'all like to blame God for all y'all problems. Listen, y'all like to get, you like to blame God for some of your lives. You know, like, I think about sometimes me, right? Like, there are times where I complain about me and myself. And I'm like, man, why didn't my dad teach me this? Why didn't my dad teach me that? Well, no, it ain't about that. Why didn't I learn this? Why didn't I learn that? Why didn't I apply myself? It's very simple. Stop blaming other people for your problems. Understand, you're the one that's shooting yourself in the foot. That's your fault. You're the reason why you're sinning. Take accountability. The minute you take accountability and you repent is the minute now you're able to live for God. Because at the end of the day, it's all your fault. You can't, no one's putting a gun to your head and saying sin. No one's putting a gun to your head and saying be depressed. No one's putting a gun to your head. No one's doing that stuff. There's accountability. Even thoughts. You see, there are neurotherapists who help people think better. Yes, think better. Where, and this is, goes into positive thinking. Versus negative thinking. But they're biblical people, so they use scripture. So now I want you to understand, there's, there's really, it's just you. You're the one. You're your enemy. Look in the mirror. That's you. Your desires are the one that led you astray. Now, I wanted to take some time to do that, and there's a proverb with that. If you could put Proverbs chapter 18, verse 3. Proverbs 18, verse 3. And it says that a person's own folly leads them to ruin. Yet their own heart rages against the Lord. So it's our own foolishness that messes up our lives. But yet, instead of taking accountability, we look to God and we're saying, man, God, you did this to me. You're the reason my life is messed up. Why should I follow you? My life sucks. Why should I believe you? I'm in this mess. Why should I follow you? What have you done for me? But yet, it was our own foolishness, our own stupidity. Sometimes it was our parents' stupidity. Like my grandma, who had... Eight kids or not, ten kids from four different men or five different men. A lot of men. I mean, my uncles and my aunt being poor wasn't their fault. My, my grandma just had to, like, listen to the Lord. Stop getting pregnant all the time. Stop sleeping with different men. It's not your fault. It's not, it's not your fault that you're poor, but now it's, it is your fault when you sin because you're poor. That is your fault. That is. You see... God is holding people accountable for their actions, not their parents' actions, not their community's actions. He's holding people accountable for their actions. So you can't blame anyone for the stuff you do. You can't. It's all your fault when you do it. God doesn't tempt you. That's it. So if God doesn't tempt you and he's perfect, then you can't use people tempting you because they're imperfect. That means they're at the same level as you. So they shouldn't be having authority to tempt you. To rule over you. But we're done with that. Now we understand that God, he doesn't give temptation. He doesn't give sin. He doesn't give your life ruin. He doesn't do all these things. This is all man. This is all man. And at times, it's all you. 
But this is the good thing, is that God, he gives all types of good gifts. If we can go back to that verse, he gives all kinds of good gifts. Not just supernatural ones, like blessings, right? Like we talk about this abstract thing of blessings, right? How many of y'all ever heard preachers be like, and blessings fall on your lap, and the blessings will come, and when they come, it will be like an abundance of rain. Like, you ever heard of that stuff like that? Like, and, and, and it's kind of true, but it doesn't always work like that. You see, when we think of God giving in that abstract way, we miss how God practically gives. You see, every act of generosity, every act of generosity is because of God, is because of God. Not just the gift, it's the act of generosity. Because God is so involved in the goodness of this world. Because out of his goodness, he created the world. Remember, when he created man, he created them good. Understand this, is that yes, every man has sinned. But God has given every man a light so that they might find Christ. What is the light? The light is the conscience. So everybody has these things, these, these, these good thoughts that they're kind of like, man, I should help this person. I should help that. These are the breadcrumbs to lead to the ultimate giver. So the reason why we say thank God for the doctor who did not just take uh, my surgery for granted and half-heartedly perform surgery on me, but instead he decided to do a good thing and perform it at a good, in a good way, it's because out of God's goodness, he created mankind, and every man now that has existed has a piece of that goodness in him, a piece of that goodness, not to say that they are good, but to lead to the one who is good, so that the man who is good at giving, even though he be evil, would look to the one who is ultimately good at good giving and give him praise and glory and accept him. So understand this, if we go to Matthew 7, verse 11, that even bad people, sinners, can give good gifts. Why? Why is that? We see here, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you have done to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So you see, Jesus makes it very clear. You know, even bad fathers give good gifts. But even good fathers who are evil, like, you know, there have been some evil dudes who have actually been semi-good fathers in history, which is weird. It's a contradiction, but it just shows that the law is written in every man's heart. Everybody knows what's right and what's wrong because of that light. Understand, because of that light. How they act on it is different. So the light, God gives us a light. But here's the thing. God is the father of lights. You understand that now? So when we stay within the father of lights, right, we will receive good gifts from our father. How we receive it looks many different ways. It's not like all of a sudden it's going to, like, you know, man, God, I'm broke. I'm, I'm hungry. I haven't ate. And then all of a sudden you see, like, a, a care package fly from the sky. Like, I'm not saying that's how it's going to be. But what I'm saying is, just like, you know, you have many conversations with people. I mean, talk to Lawrence and Kirsten. Talk to my wife and I. Talk to TJ. Talk to Kevin. Talk to the leaders in here. Will, uh, talk to us, Right? We've had moments, right, where we were looking for things. We were asking God, and God answered, you know, where we didn't have any money. 
We didn't have any food. Then all of a sudden, we just keep eating. We're like, what's going on? It's because God, God gives good gifts. God gives good gifts. And the way he gives it, he's involved in it. You'll see stories where it's like the person that gave the good gift was like, man, yeah, I was on my way here, and then I just felt like turning a left. And then I saw you there, and I was like, hey, I feel like giving you a $20 bill. And then I, give him a tw- I gave you a $20 bill. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And you, you'll see that God is involved with giving. God is involved in everything. God, first of all, has given you a mind. Understand that. Foundationally, God has given you a mind. God has given you a body. God has given you life. God has given you all that you have, everything, the technology. Who developed the technology that you have? People with minds and brains. Who developed minds and brains? God. How did they get their minds and brain to be so smart? School. God has invested in education within the Bible. C.S. Lewis says Christianity is a whole education. That's why TJ, my man, that man, when he came into Christianity, right, the man couldn't really read that well. And that's not to put him on blast. Now my man is a good reader. My man can speak well. I had a friend. He no longer serves the Lord, but he was in special ed. And, 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 and CPS and special ed, they don't really care about you. They just be your, about your education. They just befriend you and move you along each grade. But you don't really learn anything. My friend came to Christianity. He couldn't read. But he began to read the Bible, began to pray. And then he began to, to, to read well, began to preach. My landlord got saved at 25. Back in the day, he's 70, he's 70 years old now, right now. He couldn't read anything, literally never read a, didn't read a book, started to read the Bible, and God began to help him read. So you see, God is invested with giving us wisdom, giving us knowledge, giving us health, giving us wealth. Everywhere in the Bible it says God gives, and God gives to everyone. What's different about us is that the Bible says we're children of God, and that we are light, are light on this earth. And who is God? God is the father of lights. So if we stay within his light, you guys are understanding now. If we stay in Christ, if we stay in him, if we stay close to him, we can trust him. Knowing that every good gift, God is not going to give us a bad gift. Every good gift comes from God. So what happens when evil happens? We understand that evil is a part of sin. Evil is a part of this world, and it's a reality. But even in this reality of sin and death, God is still giving good gifts. So we have to understand the difference. Sin, what does it give? Death. God, what does he give? Good gifts. Not only that, but he gives life. So God gave us new birth. If we go back to that verse, he gave us new birth. Everyone, right? John 3, 3. Can I, can I have someone recite John 3, 3 real quickly? No, 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 I, I, want, I want one person to do it, right? And I won't give you any money because I want to see if anyone will do it without money. Josie, you did it for money. Can you do it without money now? Mm. Nate, can you do it? Go ahead, do it. Without being born again. Born again. That's a new birth. Who gives us this new birth? God. It comes from God. If I can have Lawrence up to the keys, please. So we see this, that God gives us good gifts. And can we go back to James, please? James. God gives us good gifts, but he also gives us new birth. Everybody say new birth. 
Everybody say new birth. Man, I can tell y'all don't got the new birth. Can y'all say new birth? I understand that, that this is from God. Did we work for it? No. God gave it to us. In your household, right, do you have to work to eat? How many of you work to eat in your household? I know some may be, may. Abby, you don't work to eat. You know, don't put your hand down. Don't put your hand down. Who, who works to eat? I'm going to ask Des, actually. I'm going to ask Des. I'm going to ask Des, Vinny. Do, do you make your daughter work so that she can eat? Yeah. Dang, you don't eat? You don't, if you don't work, you don't eat in your household? All right, I'm going to ask. Anybody, anybody here eat, doesn't eat if they don't work in their household? I'm talking about people that ask their parents. I mean, <laughs> obviously, if you're an adult. But if you're a kid, this is how it's supposed to go. For some of you that don't know. Because some of us, maybe we don't know. Here's the thing. Your parents, they provide you with food that you did not work for, that they worked for. God provides us with life, not that we worked for, but that Christ worked for. So Christ worked for this life. Christ worked hard. His death was not easy. You understand that his death was not easy. We talked about that recently, that he was sweating blood. He worked harder than any man worked at that point. For your salvation. So we understand that God, where spirit, where, where sin gives birth to death, right? God gives us new life. You understand the difference here? Sin gives birth to death. God gives birth to life. When we think about it that way, we understand this. That this is, uh, that there's no, there's no, how can I say this? There's no clear way to say it other than it is stupid to now say, I'm going to follow my desires without following God, Besides, with, instead of following God. Because when we follow God, we follow Christ, what are we saying? We're saying that we're following the guy who gives life. When we follow our desires, we are saying we're following the one who gives sin, which is the one who gives death. Do you understand that? There's, there's really not, there's, there's nothing difficult. There's nothing complicated about it. Follow Jesus. He gives us life. You continue to follow your desires, that will give you death. When you stay in the light, there's a constant trust, a constant trust. You may say, man, there's a lot of things going on in my life. But has this light stopped being the light? No, it hasn't. But when you're lured away from the light, what, is, what does it say the light doesn't, the light doesn't change? If everyone looks at verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven lights. Who does not change like shifting shadows? But what does change? Shifting shadows. When you leave the, leave the light, you're left to shadows of this world. That means what? Your desires, they change. They're untrustworthy. They don't care about you. They don't do anything for you. But this Father of light does. He gives good and perfect gifts. So yes, God gives us new life, but there's a balance. He also gives us more than that. God is a provider. That's throughout the whole Bible. And he will provide for you. But most importantly, he's providing new life. And we can trust this. He chose us to give birth through the word of truth. That means this is true. This is not a lie. We're not 
making things up. This is the truth so that we may be the first fruits of all he created. That means so that we may be like Christ, to be honest. That's what it is. So that when Christ comes back, we'll receive the fullness of his goodness. You guys get that, right? That this world, there's some good areas, right? There's some bad areas, right? God is giving good gifts, but this world has a lot of bad things going on. But there's going to be a time where now God makes all things good. And we're going to be a part of that if we trust in him. If we, are, if we have partaken in this new birth. So if everyone can stand up, please. If I can have my altar workers up, please. So God is giving us new life, right? He's giving us new life. He's also giving us everything else, everything good in your life right now. I want you guys to close your eyes. I want you guys to close your eyes, and I want you to think, right? Think about all the good that you have, all the good that you have been given. Think about all the good that you have been given in your life. You see, you have to understand that God has been a part of everything in that, in that, in that, in that, in that process. He's been involved in it. He was involved in that process, how you got it, what it was. But understand this, okay? He wants to give you something better. For those of you that have not been born again, you have to understand that Jesus worked to give you this new life. This is free, but he worked for it. He worked hard for it. It's free for you to receive, but Jesus worked for it. He worked his life for it. On the cross, nine hours. That was his work right there, on the cross. Bloody, hurt, painful, hard work, hard work. So that we may receive this gift, so he may give us this new birth, this new life, this new life. That is with God, not with your desires. This new life that is under the Father of lights, not with the shifting shadows of this world and your desires. I'm serious. Give God your trust. Give God your trust. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him with how you live. Trust Him. He can give you a better way to live. Trust us, trust him with the way you think. He can give you better thoughts. Trust him with your love. Yeah, your love. Because he does not change. He won't leave you nor forsake you. Trust him. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your life. God is good and he gives good gifts. He's from above. He's not with the mess. So we're going to have an altar call as Lawrence sings, but make it real simple. If you have not received this new birth, if you have not been given this new birth, this new life, come up. Receive this new life. God gives. He gives. And if you have received this new life, and you're having trouble trusting God's giving, if you're like, God, I don't think you'll give, that doubt right there, don't be led astray. That's what it says right here. Every good gift comes from God. So don't be led astray. If you're doubting God's giving, this is a time for you to come up and repent. But not just repent. Repent is not a harsh word. It's a change of mind. Come here and change your mind towards God. Look to the Father of lights. 
Ask him for what you need. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you are a good gift giver, God. Every bit of generosity, every act, God, and every gift itself, Lord, everything, God, the whole process, everything, you're involved in it all, and you're good in it all, Lord. So we give you glory, and we give you praise. God, we understand just how good you are. And God, we trust you with our life, Lord. I pray that everyone in here would trust you, God. They would choose to trust your, your ability to give. They would trust your good gift giving, God. We know that if evil men can give good gifts, Lord, what can you give, God? You can give more than we could ever hope for and imagine. God, I pray first and foremost that you would give new life to the youth here, God. Lord, that they would not see this as an old thing, but they would see you as eternally new, God. You never get old, God. And the life you give, it never gets old, Lord. So I pray that we receive this new life, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those Christians doubting, Lord, that they would trust you. They would just simply trust you. Guys, begin to pray. If you, if you do not trust God, 